got me bleeding from my sleep. Like a steel locomotive, got me on the run. Got me shaking, got me waking from nightmares. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 83, The Swingin' Man, with Juice and Sretton. Today is a very special guest. Uh, this guy has been all over the place. We're talking WWF, WWE, TNA, ECW, and more currently, Impact Wrestling. We're talking about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Johnny Swinger. What's up, Johnny? Wow, guys. Thank you. It's a heck of an intro there. Uh very impressive. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime, man. I I am so stoked that you're back with Impact and uh this gimmick, this like almost like a Johnny Retro deal going on. I think it's great. <laughs> Everything I've seen uh from the vignettes to the little parts backstage with like uh Ace Austin and shit like that. I think it's money, man. And it, it is so good to see you back on television, brother. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh that that's the way it was pitched to me. Um, Scott DeMore had called me uh, right around the 4th of July and he goes, we've got an idea for you at Impact that it's, it's going to be fun and easy and I'm like, man, you just said the magic words. <laughs> um, if I wanted to do something hard, I'd go uh, get an 8 to 5 somewhere on a construction site with a jackhammer or whatever. I mean, that's what I'm in this uh, I've always been in this profession for that. I want to have fun, and to me, f- easy. If it's easy, it's fun. If it's fun, it's easy. And uh, when you throw money in the mix, uh, it doesn't get any better. Oh, that's right. Um, so speaking of Scott, I mean, you guys kind of go way back to. Uh, didn't you get your start kind of with him in uh, Border City? I did. Uh, actually, the way that all came about was actually uh, in my first year of working in Canada and I was up in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba there doing uh, Arctic tours uh, where we'd go up to these Indian reservations over frozen lakes and uh, Ed wrote about it in his book and me, him and Rhino and uh, Christian, a whole host of others, uh, Jericho, Lance Storm, we're all on these tours and uh, we'd come back to Winnipeg on the weekends because we wrestled during the week on these shows and I just you know, this was before cell phones. I got a message at the hotel to call this Scott DeMore back. So I'm on the payphone calling him. And uh, I'd never met him before, never heard of him. And he's just like, hey, man, I've seen you and Adam, who is Edge, on the Winnipeg TV. You guys look great. Would you be interested in doing uh, TV for WCW? And I'm like, man, twist my arm, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm here for. I was 19, about 19 years old. This wow. guy's asking me if I want to go on national TV with, you know, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and all these guys. And uh, and then as soon as I got back, he, he booked me uh, in Macon, Georgia in June of 95 for, for the first TV. And man, I was, I was all in with it. And uh, they took a liking to me and I kept working with them. And uh, yeah, but he, he really got the ball rolling for me on that, that first uh, step on the TV. And it, it really led to a lot of good stuff for me. Oh yeah. And, uh, and real quick, just kind of going back. So, when did uh, what was like your first interest in the sport of professional wrestling? Where'd that come from, or when did it start for you? Um, like a lot of people, I saw you know really young, um, probably ten, eleven years old, seeing it on TV, and uh, I was kind of blown away by it. And I guess the first time I went to a live, a live event. Uh, in the Buffalo, New York, there where I'm from, at the old War Memorial, I, I was hooked when I saw 16,000 people 
and this place was moving, you know, Iron Sheet gets in the ring and he just started talking on the microphone and the <laughs> people were going nuts. And I'm like, man, and I, and I wasn't, wasn't even a fan at that point. It was like, I, I want to do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Forget the fan thing. I'm not buying a program and I'm not buying a t-shirt. I'm going to watch these guys and, you know, until I get old enough to do it. And that's, that's kind of how I got started. Nice. So w- w- would you say, uh, who would be like your main, I guess, I don't want to say influence, but who's the guy that if you're say there's one guy out of when you were a kid that wrestling, like where you were just like enamored with like, man, this dude's a badass, or, you know, who kind of did it for you? Man, that's hard to say. Cause there were so many uh, mm-hmm. from that eighties era and it'd be, it'd be even hard to pick uh, a couple of guys that weren't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it was just an unbelievable time to, um, as far as the wrestling talent was concerned, they're all everybody that you ever saw on TV was a was a journeyman had been around it forever, and they're oh, all yeah. the super pros. And um, I guess I just really gravitated towards the bad guys. I mean, Hulk Hogan was the big US, USA American hero, mm-hmm. and then everybody that got in there with him was just by being in there was his ultimate villain. I just really was interested in that, and that's when I finally became a wrestler. That's where I really geared myself. Towards, I wanted to. I wanted to be the big bad guy. You know, what I mean, I just, I, I felt less stress in that. Than, oh yeah. You know, what I mean, to me, if you tripped over your own feet, it worked for the gimmick. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's really booing you anyway. So, but if you're a good guy, man, you got to hit everything just smooth, or you look dumb. You yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I Rick Rude's one of my favorite guys to come out of. I mean, that like you said though, that whole eighty scene, there was just yeah. So I, I was a big fan of Rude. Uh, Paul Orndorff, yeah. uh, Dino Bravo, oh, Ricky yeah. Martel. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of those honky tonk was a, I was a big fan of honky tonk. And then once I got into wrestling, I actually became friends with him and got to wrestle him and learn from him driving down the road with him. So yeah, it was a <laughs> really cool experience. Yeah. Surreal to say the least. Um, going back to WCW real quick. So, you know, you get the call from Scott Demore, and you were you were with WCW for what, like four years, something like that? I really was. Yeah, a lot of people forget that. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because it's so long ago, but, you know, the more recent stuff, uh, they remember TNA and the original ECW, but WCW really was. <clears throat> when I went started doing TVs, when Scott was getting me booked in 95 was when WCW started to climb yeah. um, after a really dormant period, and that's when you know Hogan had signed, and then mm-hmm. Nitro started in '96, yep. and then it really blew up um, with the NWO and Goldberg and Sting coming out of the ceiling all at the same time. And it was like the, the company was on fire in '97, and then I got signed. I actually worked for two years without a contract, and was happy to do so. Um, but they uh, they they signed me to a guaranteed contract, and I was 21 at the time. And I'm I might be mistaken. I'm pretty sure me and Rey Mysterio were the youngest contracted wrestlers. Maybe Alex Wright. Uh, <laughs> That's one. Alex signed when he was when he was 18, but I think he's older. You, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? So at that point, he was probably 22, 23. But me and Ray were the youngest guys, you know, under contract at that point. I was just I was just blown away that they would do that for me. It was pretty good money. And I was able to live in Atlanta on my own, have a Mustang, all that stuff. I really got to live the life there. So early on, 
uh, really cool experience. And to this day, it's like I always point back in my WCW days. Everybody thinks, oh, ECW was cool. And it was, but buildings were sold out. Any, almost anybody you were in there with was a huge star where there was, you know, everybody's into the, you know, it's huge crowds and they're into the matches. I mean, you really just can't, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen today, but it doesn't happen everywhere. Right. Back then it was, man, every building was full and everybody meant something. And it was, it was cool to be in that mix. Oh yeah. And speak, I mean, speaking of filled buildings, let's talk about one in particular. Um, I remember, and you were on this episode. I'm trying to think of, uh, man, who the hell you wrestled? Um, it was, uh, at the Georgia dome. When Goldberg mm-hmm. uh, yeah. beat Hogan for the title, I mean, it was sold out. That was yeah. ridiculous. Um, I wrestled Chavo Guerrero, Chavo, yep, who, yep. who I liked a lot and was a really good match with mm-hmm. me. We worked really good together, and we had a lot of time. And I always remember that one because people ask me all the time, even to this day, if I go to an independent show with their swinger, what's the biggest crowd you ever wrestled in front of? And I'm like, 42,000. Yeah. And Hands they down. just kind of eyes bug out, and I said, I'm not done yet. It was also the highest rated TV show that we ever did. WCW is the highest rated. I think it was one of, to this day, is still one of the highest cable ratings for a wrestling show ever. It was like a six something. Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, I've been a fan um, and involved uh, in the business. I probably since I was five. I, you know, I've I've been a fan. So, and as much as I am a fan, and I mark out for guys sometimes. Whatever, I try to. You know, I'm also an entertainer, entertainer myself, mm-hmm. so I, I could put myself in your guys' shoes. But I, I hate it. Uh, guys would always talk shit about, well, you know, they did that. You know, it was a great show, it's huge and everything, but they gave it away for free. It's like, so what? That was that was a big issue. Yeah, that that was even set the day of the show, if I can remember back 21 years. Um, we did, and and actually that that whole thing was announced on the previous Thursday when we were doing Thursday Thunders. Yeah. J.J. Dillon just came out on TV and said, this is what we're doing on Monday. So in three days, they sold that many tickets. And, um, yeah, that, that pretty much was the climax of the company. Yeah. And it slowly started to erode after that. But, man, it was a good three-year <laughs> fiery run, you know. I Dude, mean, it, it was wild. And, uh, I, I, was lucky to, I was lucky to be there. I come out to the ring with Buff now. We do a lot of stuff together, tag team matches, and they're like, you know, they played NWO music. Like, Swinger, you were in the NWO. I was like, well, actually, when I was there, that company was just as much NWO as it was WCW. That thing was so hot yeah. that it really was. The, the company was known as WCW NWO. So, yeah, yeah. That's you know, how they so popular. And, and uh, it was just a, just a really, that was the perfect time to be there. And uh, it was uh, it was great exposure for me. I was on TV every week multiple times. Hell yeah. You know? And people were and people were watching. Oh hell yeah, they were, man. I was definitely watching. What were some of the parties like back then, man? I mean, imagine you guys are rock stars, they're on top of the world. Yeah, you know, I was uh I don't wanna say I was in a clique, but a lot of guys made groups and stuff and I was kinda in the the Raven, Saturn, Canyon, Kidman, nice disco, you know. We all kind of hung out together. Uh, Jim Mitchell, who was uh, mm-hmm. Jim Vandenberg at the time, he was managing Mortis and Raff and uh, <clears throat> Raff, who was Adam Bomb. He was all yep. he was in our clique too. We all hung out together. We see we all had apartments in Atlanta with pools, so everybody always had a pool party with 
a lot of alcohol and all, probably a lot of other things that I didn't partake in. I was just a, I drank, you know what I mean? But I was never a drug guy. I don't right. say if people did it, but I think everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, our guys do it, and uh, it's just like anything else. Teach them. But, uh, yeah, we really did. We did look like uh, like rock stars back then. Um, it was, uh, <clears throat> I didn't have college years, so those were my college years, and I got paid for them. You know, Hell that's yeah. the way I look at it. I didn't have to go in debt for that, and I made money on it. So right. I, had a lot of, I got a lot of fun, and I made money for it. So, And so so from WCW, and we'll come back to that here in a minute, um, but from WCW, you go to ECW, right? Yeah, I did, and that wasn't a planned thing. Um, I asked for my release from WCW because... I broke in with Edge and Christian and I knew what they were doing in WWF with they were in the brood at the time. Yeah. And, uh, they were, the, I think the tag team champions, but when I heard what they were making, I wanted to go there and make that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I would do this over again, but I actually asked for a release from WCW gave up a guaranteed, contract with two years left on it because I wanted to be a WWF wrestler and Vince McMahon and, and, and you know work with these guys that I broke in with and make that kind of money they were making mm-hmm. and I did I asked for a release without having anything even had a conversation with Vince or Jim Ross or anybody at the time I was just confident that I was young and talented had a good look and had enough exposure that they would give me a chance and um I went in for a couple of tryout matches and everything was positive. I even got flown to Connecticut for a meeting, which usually means you're in. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. They just didn't sign me. And Bruce Pritchard called me and said, we don't have anything for you right now, but maybe somewhere down the line. So I'm like, oh, geez, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm 24. Uh, I just gave up the best job ever, you know, trying to go here. And then Raven had called me, he was friends with, and he said, oh, you know, you should go to ECW. Uh, you'll get a chance there and you'll have a lot more freedom with what you do and be creative and get yourself over, so to speak. And then both these guys, WCW will want you back and WWF will want you. So that's how I ended up in ECW. And I went in there for a tryout and Paulie uh, liked me right off the bat because coming from WCW, that was a heel in ECW, just yeah, but by having just by be, they hated WCW guys and WWF guys, so I instant uh, star reaction when I went in there. So uh, Paul put me on TV for a couple months, um, just just working with different guys, and then the thing with Simon Diamond came up just at random one night. We the Tommy Dreamer came up and said, "Do you guys want to wrestle each other, or do you want to be a tag team against uh, two of Dusty's guys?" And we're like, "Well, we'll do the tag team thing," and we just clicked the first night. And uh, we did a promo together, and Paul Lee just said, "You guys are together from from now on," and it and that's how that thing took off. Hell yeah! And that's you know what? That's probably I mean all the diehards. Uh, it's probably what you're most known for is your that, and it was a short stint in ECW. And you're only yeah, well, and it was two. only because it had shut down. Yeah, you know, I had a, a good year there, and that was actually the year where we started doing pay per views every month. Hmm. And we were doing really good TV leading up to those pay-per-views. That Odium was full, man, in yeah. Chicago. I remember yeah, for yeah. TV LA, we had 6,000 people. We did the biggest houses in the history of the company that year. But I just think the bills were just way, way run up too high for Paul to get out of. And um, 
I'm, I'm still friends with Dreamer to this day, and he's he's actually my boss again. Uh, everything's full circle, I guess. Um, but he he had told me right after that he goes that you know I was figured in to be as a, a singles, you know, mm-hmm. right when the company did that last pay per view. So I needed more time there. I really did. And then, you know, by the time that closed, then WCW was closed. And ooh, that 2001 was the worst period because there was only one place to go for yeah. a couple year period there. It was really, I had a real hard time getting through that. Well, you went, uh, you did go back to WCW, didn't you? You were in the, I did. It was, it was maybe a month. Yeah. Maybe a month or two before Vince bought that out. We kind of knew ECW was over because we stopped running events. Yeah, uh, we weren't even running TVs or anything anymore, and uh, I did. Yeah, I called uh, like Terry Taylor and uh, yeah. Johnny Laurinaitis was in charge of Nitro at the time, and um, because of my exposure on ECW, they brought me back in for a couple TVs and they just kind of put me out there because they could. Um, but I think at that point they knew because it really wasn't but more than a month after that that I did those TVs that. Vince was on, you know, Raw saying, hey, I bought everything, and they did the simulcast. Uh, I don't think it's more than a month, so there was no job to get there. Um, Kid Cash had the same thing. They yeah. brought him in, and, and they were going to give him a big push, and then mm-hmm. none of us had jobs like three or four weeks later. That's crazy. There were a couple ECW guys. Uh, and You know, I know Mike Awesome, he jumped. He was there for, what, mm-hmm. about a year before they went out? I would say yeah, yeah. He went in it when it was still pretty decent. He got a good year out of that WCW thing before it shut down. Yeah, um, and I think he got kept for a little while uh, with WWF the, the buyout. I think he crossed over and was on their TV for a while. Now, Mike was a big uh, Japan guy though, so he could yeah, always he go back to Japan. Yeah, um, I, I love Mike. Awesome. What was your take on him? Like behind the scenes, good guy. Oh, real cool guy. Yeah, real professional and. You know, never heard. There's one of the guys. Nobody ever said a bad word about him because he's a really nice guy. And um... did you know you could shop around for prescription prices with GoodRx? You can find free coupons at over seventy thousand pharmacies and save up to eighty percent. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Jeez, I don't know why he offed himself. Yeah. Um, I just don't think you ever need to do that. Um, personal issues, though, you don't know what goes on. You right. know, people's houses and stuff. But I think if he was alive to this day, he'd still be working in the wrestling business. You know, he'd oh, yeah. still be, he'd probably still be working in Japan or doing independent shows or even with one of these AEW or Impact. He's a guy that would always had a spot, I think, in wrestling. Yeah, because he was, uh, I mean, he was a giant man, but hell, dude, he was, one of the best yeah. big men I've, you know, people always talk about when you were talking about like maybe a super heavyweight like Vader. You know, I, I think he's kind of one of my favorites as far as, like, when they say big men, like, big, big men. But as far as a guy who yeah. was just, like, I mean, yeah, he was he was jacked, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't a big fat dude. You know, he was just, like, super No, tall. he was an athlete, man. Yeah, he, he was had a, a good He was a hell build, of an athlete. Yeah. And I think the greatest reminder of uh, what could have been with Mike Awesome and kind of smacked everybody's face, um, maybe in WWE and former guys at WCW who didn't know what the fuck they were doing writing, uh, was mm-hmm. when they did the one night stand, and that match he had yeah. uh, with yeah. Tanaka, dude was. Oh. Yeah, I was there. I was there for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that that was great. That was a holy shit. 
moment, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't bring him in after that and, and let him just be himself. Yeah. I don't, with I don't get gimmick it. or something, you know? I don't get that. Um, but kind of going yeah. back to the WCW thing, uh, so we were kind of talking off air, and uh, this is something I kind of wanted to touch on because I've never uh, really talked to any of the boys about this. Um, but the whole Chris mm-hmm. Benoit situation, um, you know, you were. What can you tell me about that? Well, it, it started in WCW with Chris, like what I spoke about, where I started in '95 doing TVs and '96, and getting signed in '97. Well, I actually had a TV match with Chris. Mm-hmm. probably in 96 it was before i was signed and i was just being paid by the night and uh we were down in orlando for the syndicated tvs for wcw we used to go down there for several days and tape all the syndicated shows and we had a really good tv match like with time maybe eight to ten minutes and uh he came up to me you know we really thanked the guy after the match but we were at the gym later that that day and he came up to me and pulled me aside he said look he goes i don't know if this means anything coming from me but you got a future in this business if you really want it and i just really at that time really took that as a huge compliment because he was even in 96 he was a high highly respected yeah uh wrestler from japan and the run in ecw mm-hmm. and then coming in the wcw i think he was probably one of the horsemen at that point i was like well but he was always the most polite guy you know never raised his voice never you know what I mean? Just professional all the way. And he was ever since that match I had with him, he was always really nice to be in WCW. And then uh, years later, when I came into WWE in 2005, he was there. And I had a conversation with him that at that one night stand pay-per-view you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the show, we were all standing in the ring with Austin drinking beers and stuff. That was how we went off the air. And and me and Chris were just having a conversation about working out and how we were eating at the time because he, he was really uh, telling me how he thought I had a really good physique, maybe the best I've ever looked, which it is. Yeah. Um, and he was asking me how I, <laughs> what I was doing to get that. And we're on live pay-per-view drinking beers <laughs> and talking about, you know, having a conversation there in the middle of the ring. And then, you know, he did that two years later, and I'm just like, that's that's not even the same that's not the same guy. I mean, what happened to him? You know, I mean, I think my theory, you know, when all the stuff came out where, mm-hmm. you know, with the, how much pills he was taking, we all knew he was taking the steroids. Everybody knew that. Yeah. Um, almost everybody was, that's, that's not a surprise. But when you mix that stuff with excessive alcohol and excessive pills and Nancy's taking excessive pills, they proved that. Mm-hmm. And, they were having a, they were in the midst of a bad marriage and having a fight and threats of divorce and taking kids. I, I think it was a domestic dispute that went too far right. is what I think happened. And I think he lost it with her. And from what I read and heard, he blacked out afterward. And then when he woke up, you know, because they said he did it over a few days. Right. Yeah. I think if you guys remember, if you're familiar with the John list story, Mm-hmm. The guy that killed his family, um, but didn't kill himself. But his his rationale was, I don't like, you know, I don't want my kids to grow up a certain way. I'm not happy with this, so I'm just going to send everybody to heaven. So I think when Chris realized he killed his wife, he's like, well, I can't have my son grow up and know his dad's a murderer when he's a hero to him, you know. Yeah. So I think after he killed Nancy, he was like, 
he knew he had to take him and then take himself so they could all be together again in heaven kind of thing. And that's, that's what, you know, people, oh, can you, how can he kill the kid? That's how I think he did it. Yeah. And he really thought that he was sending the boy to be with his mother. And then he still took a day in between that, which, uh, you know, I, and I do think he, you know, like Nowinski proved he did have brain damage. That's another thing on top of it. We, we put all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. Nobody could, you know what I mean, withstand. Uh, it's completely reasonable that he would do that with having all of that going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I totally I totally agree with you on that. It's a. Uh... I mean, it's it's a tragedy. It's it's this weird stigma. It was in for, I, I think it's kind of lessened up in uh, more recent years. But it was a huge mm-hmm. black cloud over the business as a whole. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, he didn't. He didn't plan it. You know what I mean. He did not plan to kill his wife and, and her kid or anything. They got the pictures of him at the doctor the day of mm-hmm. with a fan. You know what I mean. It's like he wasn't planning to kill his wife. It was just another. Friday night where he had too much pills in him, too much booze, and she said something and something happened, and it happens every day, Yeah. except he's he's a notable person, he and he was a heroic person mm-hmm. to, to the people that know him, so that's what makes it even more of a a, a, a tragedy, you know what I mean? That, God, this isn't just some bum that, you know, lost his job or whatever, took it out on his wife and kids, you know, it was a, a abuser because um, I never heard of him making any kind of a, abuse towards his son. If anything, he was bringing his son to the shows and, you know, taking him around. It, but, but there were rumors of him and Nancy had had, you know, a lot of uh, quarrels in their marriage leading up to that. So, yeah. Well, and I'm sure Nancy had been around, she'd been around the business for a long time and I'm, you know, I yeah. didn't know her personally, yeah. but I'm sure, you know, with any kind of substance mm-hmm. in her, she would be one not, you know, she was woman. Come on. She ain't going to sure. back down from yeah. shit, you know? She's going to look at him. Me like and this. Rhino were talking about it a couple weeks ago uh-huh. or something where she had said in the news that she was tied up or something. And I'm like, she wasn't a small lady. I mean, no. I could see her putting up a fight, you know what I mean? And she'd been in the business enough to try and know her way around. So I was like, just the whole story is bizarre, you know, that how that came about. and. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, you'll never know because they're both dead. You know what I mean? They're the only ones that know what really happened or what led up to it. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I hate to say we, we had a lot of guys in wrestling that if it was one of them, you're like, well, you could kind of see that coming because he was a nut. Chris was like a church going, you know what I mean? Polite right. gentleman, uh, does everything by the book. And most of our guys don't. <laughs> most of our guys you and I'm not gonna name any names because yeah, I yeah. heat with them, but you know, you could name a whole bunch of names and go, hey, I can see that guy going sideways. I'm not surprised one bit, you know what I mean? But not this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And not his stature in the business too. I mean, it's just uh, oh, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. and at that point, you know, uh it it's weird though, because I, I do you know, I read like conflicting reports and who knows? We don't like you said, no one knows where his headspace was at mm-hmm. really and especially if it you know if he was on substances no one is ever gonna fucking yeah. be able to guess but um no. No. uh he was i did read like uh professionally you know i think he felt a little bit downgraded when they sent him to the uh ecw you know the the wwe it's possible ECW. because he yeah because he really did uh have 
I mean, a you... lot of himself in that. Yeah, and then and we we all have that at yeah. some point. And uh, I had that really bad when I was younger, where you, you really easily get your entire life tied up in this wrestling business, and then when something you deem is not going your way, mm. it, it can ruin your whole life if you let it. You oh, know, yeah. and I think that that's definitely a possibility. He could have taken that. Um, you know, as a demotion and what he's put into that career. Yeah, because he took a lot of pride for himself. Yeah. 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 He took a lot of pride. I mean, that was without even knowing the guy. Yeah. Just watching his body of work, you could see that. Yeah. You know, whether it was. Yeah, he never took a night off, man. I mean, if Mm -hmm. I was on. Uh, Glacier ran a show when we were in WCW, an offshoot show. It wasn't a WCW show. The office let him do this really? in his hometown off the coast of Georgia where he was. they told him he could bring in. And he brought in like me and Chris and Goldberg and uh, Canyon was there. And uh, there was, you know, maybe seven or 800 people. And this is like a fundraiser thing that they let Ray do and bring us all in for it. Uh, mostly Atlanta-based talent could drive to it, so there wasn't a lot of expense to it. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll always remember uh, Chris was having a match with Chris Canyon, who was another great wrestler that I don't know why he killed himself, but uh, I, I remember walking by and Chris looked at Canyon and said, it's going to be snug, so both ways. I mean, he, he didn't take a night off. He really could have <laughs> took a night off on this show. It was an yeah. appearance-based thing for a good cause, but he still went out there and slugged the guy and threw him around like it was a pay-per-view. You know, I mean, he, that's the way he was, man. Every night was, you know, 100 miles an hour. He never retreated. And yeah. If he hit you, man, you got hit. You really did. You know. Oh, man, super stiff. I mean, he was like the modern day, and yeah. I think his, his idol... I believe was like Dynamite Kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and Dynamite was one of the first guys to to really, you know, because he was a smaller guy, and he mm-hmm. realized that if he does this, that this will really catapult to the top, and it did. And uh, it, it worked for Chris too, you know. Um, he was the top wrestler, so that style uh, obviously uh, worked and drew money and and put him in top positions. So yeah, and he was top, you know. Like I say, that's. Right, I've read reports, you know, um, about him feeling like the ECW thing was kind of a demotion when I believe it was only a year or two prior. He was, you know, he was world champion. He was, yeah. That's when he was. Uh, I think it was '04, right? When he mm-hmm. won the belts in uh, the Garden. There, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we we as wrestlers, we would look at stuff like that a lot. It's it's something where you know I can sit here and say now no, but then when you're there. And you're putting that kind of work into that, yeah. and you're suspect of well, where are they going with this, and are they trying to break me down? And you know what I mean? It's it's a real hard, a real psychological. Oh yeah, uh, business. I'm sure know? he was probably sitting there, you know, maybe questioning, okay, what do they see value in me anymore? Or you know, they yeah, put me on their sure. D show because let's face it, after you know that WWE CW thing was it was garbage mm-hmm. man it was essentially what yeah it was like the c show at the time yeah yeah right i mean it's what nxt is now but you know mm-hmm. nxt is <laughs> way better than what they did with that you know bastardized right. version of ecw um, yeah yeah I, I can't believe it went on as long as it did but uh, uh kind of you you did work for wwe so you i know you did the one night stand um and you were mm-hmm. also uh at the what was it? The Hardcore Justice in 2010 for TNA. I remember watching that. Right. Uh, yeah, I was. Well, when I did the one night stand in 2005, I was actually under contract to the company. 
um, right? Because you were doing like heat for three to stuff, four months. It? Yeah, yeah. They uh, they had opened a developmental territory in Georgia, and uh, Tommy Dreamer was in charge of that. Who was my friend and boss from ECW, and mm-hmm. we always got along great. And he knew I was in Atlanta. I was still under contract to TNA at the time. And uh, what happened was Dusty Rhodes came in for a booking stint with TNA. And this is about the end of 2004. And uh, I had split from Simon Diamond. And to this day, I'll never figure out why. This is Russo's idea was to split me and Simon Diamond up and then tag me up with Disco as yeah. a New York connection. I'm like, I've never yeah, seen yeah. any tag team get broken up so that a guy could go be in a tag team with somebody else. It just didn't make any sense. But okay. that's what happened. And then Dusty came in and pushed Russo out because Russo liked Disco a lot. So we were getting a push. Mm-hmm. So I didn't oppose it or anything. But when Dusty came in, Dusty pulls me in the office and says, I don't like him at all. And I'm not going to use him at all. So you guys are going home, baby. And I was out of it, basically under contract and no money. So yeah. he sent us home for about three or four months. At the time, the TNA contracts were you're paid by the night, but only if you're brought in. And I was at a pretty good pay for the night but if i'm not there i wouldn't get nothing so i was like home for three four months when you know christian called me and said hey i talked to dreamer and he's in charge of this developmental and i said but dude i'd have to get out of my deal here first so it was a process and i asked for my release uh and jeff jarrett kind of stalled me for a while eventually he gave it to me and then dreamer hired me for wwe um for this developmental thing that they were starting in Atlanta and he says look we're starting up ECW again you'll be a part of that and you know just it's a way to get you in I'm like no problem um so that's how that all came about and uh but then like you said the ECW thing was real skittish as as they tried to get it off the ground and all that and there was so many people there in WWE that like half of them were like well we don't see this guy on that show we see it so that's when they were putting me on Sunday Night Heat yeah. Which was fine. I mean, when I'm on TV every week, I was making money. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I ever asked out of this. I, and to me, that's not a lot of people get that chance. So I wasn't ungrateful for it. Um, but yeah, I was on heat and uh, it was going good. And then I hurt my knee, a real minor knee injury. And I was kind of told to go get it fixed because I, I was not going to do it. And they're like, no, we need you to go do it. And I got sent back to the to the camp and I wasn't happy with that. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to go to this camp every day. You know what I mean? These guys were bringing in new guys that had never been in the ring before. Yeah. And it just, just like, why the hell are you be doing that kind yeah. of stuff? Why are you there when you're, so, you're seasoned at that point? Yeah. So it was, it was a good yeah, 18 months, I think from one, uh, when I signed to her, like, okay, if you guys are going to do anything with me, uh, just let me, let me go, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I didn't even have another job lined up. Um, I just figured I could either go back to TNA or just go to the independents, uh, which I hadn't done in many years. And I got all this exposure now. So, uh, so I left there at the end of 06 and I immediately started working in Georgia. Like I got hired by a, a, a group of people down in Columbus, Georgia, that were running weekly events. And they hired me to be the booker and a wrestler. And I was matching my WWE salary. Oh, wow. A month after I left, so I didn't miss a beat. And uh, and then what you're talking about, the 2010, that was another Tommy Dreamer production. He yep. put that whole thing together. He booked the whole thing from beginning to end, 
And as far as I know, it's the highest rated uh, buy rate for TNA ever. Yeah. Yeah. Was that show. That was the most biggest buy rate they ever did. And it was basically all ECW matches, right? And Yeah, it was a whole, I mean, even the feel, they gave it that lighting and everything that kind of give it the old school. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. was great. I remember um, ordering yeah. it with my buddy, and we were super stoked because, you know, we were huge EC Dub fans, and uh, mm-hmm. to get to watch that, and it felt at the time, yeah. too, uh, especially because it was like, you know, WW the one-night stand was cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. It should have probably stopped after that, you know, because there was right. no way WWE yeah. is going to be able to put on an ECW product. They just, they're, they were well, too Well, what happened was the, the original idea was that Paulie and Tommy were going to run it single-handedly, and mm-hmm. then they, <laughs> they started assigning writers to it. And then every, whether you call it ECW or SmackDown, wherever you want to call a show, when it's produced by WWE, Vince McMahon is fine. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the Good RX app today and start saving. Good RX is not insurance. They'll say yep. on everything. Agreed. And there's no way that anything could be separate from Vince. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, that kind of product wouldn't work. Yeah. And it, and it didn't. You know, it became uh, the laughing stock. Yeah. You know, like I said, they own the logo and that's about, they can market it and mm-hmm. make money with it whenever they feel like it. Um, they can make shirts. And DVDs or whatever they want to do, and that's and they got it pretty much nothing. what they own. Like how, Jesus! It just you know, here's the thing. Like it just kind of fell, and and I don't think it was. It, here's WCW, in my opinion. You know, it's not that per se Vince beat them. I think they beat themselves more than WWF. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and not to take anything yeah. away from yeah. Austin and Undertaker and The Rock and that whole yeah. era. I mean, it was good, but. Let's face it. There's a lot of the mm-hmm. attitude era stuff that's just pure garbage, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was in a way, it was kind of like WCW and the poor booking and choices, whatever. They kind of shot themselves in the foot, you know. And here was yeah, we, they hot shot at everything. It started with the Goldberg thing, and then next yep. thing you know, uh, Kevin Nash is buzzing him with a taser. Yeah, or, <laughs> just like, yeah. Uh, they just kind of threw stuff out there week after week eventually you run out of stuff and, and you got all these superstars that are overexposed and mm-hmm. on tv way too much and um eventually everything slides yeah you know and it, and it slid and uh we had a thing with the network where ted turner had lost control and time warner didn't want wrestling even when it was doing ratings so there was a lot going against it yeah yeah it was just it was bad timing and you know Vince was able yeah. to swoop it up. And this is one thing I've always yeah. kind of thought, too, is they never really did it, unless you want to consider the invasion angle, uh, whatever. But, you know, they did it with ECW because Vince saw dollar signs after the, uh, you know, the, what was it, the Rise and Fall DVD, which was very well yeah. done. I wish they would do more uh, stuff like that, you know, for the network and all that. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah. let's face it, that's what brought it back, that and the passion of the ECW right. fans. But they never did anything with WCW, and I'm like, man, dude. Like even like mm-hmm. nowadays, if NXT didn't exist or something, like, fuck, man, just bring yeah. them, bring it back. You know, come on, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, 
give the boys and they could you know it's it's up to the man you know it is he'll never and, do uh, it. who knows you know maybe he'll catch him on a wednesday or something and he'll you know what i mean that's just how that guy is he's you know oh pal we'll bring it back next week you know and then he'll, he'll get sour on it a week yeah. that's how he is because my whole His thing own was daughter told me that you know right right my thing about it was it's hard, like the the fucking roster split, right? Because you know they end up being like W, much like WCW was towards the end, where they they had all this money. You know, he had Ted's Uncle Ted's pocketbooks, and dude, mm-hmm. you guys, WCW had a a lot of fucking talent that they just it's hard to squeeze them all. Yeah. Even you know the two three shows oh, yeah. they were doing, yeah. and that's what WWE. Oh, there, you know, has there were become. guys under contract that you never saw. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it, and that we're awesome. You know, everybody knows Lanny got the seventy-five grand a year for like five years, and nobody ever saw him at a TV taping. And uh, but that was more Randy making a spot for his brother, which right. I think is commendable. I really oh, do. Yeah. I think that's what a great thing. You know, people don't realize he did that with Vince too. Mm-hmm. When Vince Vince saw the tape of Macho in Memphis and said, "Oh my God, I got to have this guy." He freaking called him up, and and Randy said, "Well, you know, will there be a spot for my brother?" And they were like, "Well, well not on top." He goes, "Well, how about in the middle?" You know, I mean, he's the, the guy was he didn't get his big break yet, and he was looking out for his family. Yeah. So that Good so Lanny's job in WWE is not a surprise, but there were guys like Nails that you when did you ever see Nails on the show in the late nineties? <laughs> nails, um, Remember but he nails? was under contract, and that was a Kurt deal, Mister Perfect. That's his buddy, uh, Minnesota buddies. There, yeah. Once again, yeah. That's the stuff we need to do. You know, you need to take care of your friends. It's a business of favor, not mm-hmm. merit. You know what I mean? We help each other out. You know, you know. You got a talent though. You know, yeah, you're yeah. Not just hiring a slug. You know, I mean, these guys are all uh, Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos and Barry Darso. They're all stars in wrestling. They weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they were friends with Kirk. That's how they got a job. But they couldn't have kept the job if they weren't pros. These guys were all pros. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, the WCW, like you said, didn't have time to invest in all these guys. It's, you know, even no. with all the TV they had, they just kind of threw guys out there, you know, and matches. Yeah. And when you had the inmates running the asylum yeah. too, like you know, like well, Kevin Nash's Booker this week, then it's Kevin Sullivan, then it's yeah. Dusty or yeah, whoever. It's like, yeah. man, dude, I think you know, and yeah. And nowadays in the business, it's it's a good thing that that happened because it's something that you know, hopefully everybody's learned from. Um, yeah, but my getting back to my gripe real quick was, uh, you know, they they split up SmackDown and Raw as being two different brands, right? So essentially, uh-huh. they're two different companies within under one umbrella. To me, that could never yeah. work because it was like, well, you so now you're saying this TV show SmackDown is a is a brand, it's a company, like yeah, that they that's why I always had this this bitching gripe about uh, just bring back WCW. Yeah, it'll be yeah. WWE. Yeah. You could have done that and ECW separate. Yeah. I mean, I, they probably could have done a lot better with WCW, obviously, than ECW. Um, I mean, that was just mm-hmm. a whole different animal. And if that wasn't Paul right. E. doing what Paul E. needed to do, then it, obviously it, it was going to end up. Well, think about it. Up. WCW and WWF were just neck and neck just a couple of years prior to that. Right. You, you know? know, and ECW was never anywhere near. You know, those kind of ratings. So, I mean, yeah, just the exposure of, uh, you know, WCW was a big, large corporate uh, money company, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lineage of 50 years. So it's like, yeah, they really did drop the ball on what they could have did with that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
That's still like what Fox is trying to do. Like, you know, where it it still doesn't work for me. You know, to me, it's got to be if you're gonna do that, then still have your Raw and SmackDown, but really yeah. push NXT as your your competition mm-hmm. within yourself. Look, kind of like they did on last Friday SmackDown. You know, I don't watch WWE to be honest with you too much anymore. I'll catch clips. I don't either. Um, I just don't have time for it. I don't know. Back involved and impact. So I've, I got to follow that because I'm working with these guys and I want to be as efficient as I can for them. But there's no way I could sit through a Monday night raw or mm-hmm. <laughs> SmackDown or any of that stuff. I just, and it's become, oh, man, it's become really stale. Um, so real quick too, I want to, uh, touch on this because I mean, you're, Technically, I guess you would be what a second generation wrestler. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a part there that I kind of left out that we we just skipped over as far as how I got into wrestling. I I, I said the way I started off was I discovered it on TV and I went to a lot of that. I knew when I was about eleven or twelve years old that that's what I wanted to be uh, in life, and then. Right around that time is a really freaky thing happened. My parents were split up before I was born, and my mother was working jobs to support me and stuff. She's working as a barmaid. She comes home one day. She says, well, I met this this man, Tony, and he says uh, he, he puts up the ring for WWF. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, his, his friend is uh, Tony Cannonball Parisi. I'm like, well, who's that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was a kid. He wasn't. His run was over with. Turns out he's this legendary wrestler, right, from the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and, and this my mother ended up marrying him. My stepfather, his best friend, childhood friend from Italy, was Tony Cannonball Parisi. So, boom, here I am. Now I'm putting up the ring. I'm 13 years old, I'm on the ring crew. Now I'm at WWF shows in you know Ontario, and I'm like, wow, well, this wasn't meant to be? I mean, really? Um, so that's how uh, the kind of the Tony Parisi being my uncle, he's not my blood uncle, but he was, uh, I guess you'd say, a uh, family friend, very close. Right. And I, he, I grew up with him, and I learned a lot from him, uh, not because he taught me, because they didn't teach us stuff back then. You, you know what I mean? You just, mm-hmm. by being around and hearing the way people talk and stuff, you pick up stuff. And um, <clears throat> so years later, when I went to WWE, Triple H knew that. He knew my history of them, and that's where the Johnny Parisi name came from. And I was I was fine to use that i mean i was i was proud to have had that experience with him and uh, i realized till many years later how great he really was i mean if you guys ever get a chance to see him wrestle back in the 70s there with bruno and uh dominic canucci and that man he was one of the yeah. greatest baby faces you ever saw with fire and he did moves in the ring that you know was unbelievable for that time period so he really was a uh a great wrestler and um you know, to be attached to that and grow up with him and then have the, all that lineage. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I got to ask uh, one of our friends of the show. He's been on here, um, Nikita Bresnikov. You familiar with him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nikita's super cool guy. I mean, he was around, you know, as, I mean, he was a police officer. You know, he's an actor uh-huh. now. He obviously, you know, he tagged and managed uh, with uh, Nikolai Volkov. Um, right, but he yeah. was attending all those old, you know, back when it was Vince Senior's WWWF, you know, right. out, out there in yeah. that New York. Yeah, he actually did a promo in WWE when I was there about my uncle Tony being the WWWF tag team champions, you know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so he was uh, he was a character man. He had a, a hotel in uh, 
restaurant in Niagara Falls, Canada. It's a, the wife and daughter have since sold it, but man, it was like a museum of wrestling. There were state by 10 pictures all over the walls. And you had this little corner of the restaurant where it had the ring, uh, the ropes and turnbuckles and nice. stuff. It was a really cool place. And, uh, you know, to be in there when I was a kid and already just, you know, obsessed with it was, uh, just a really good childhood. And then, uh, got into it as soon as I could, you know, right out of high school. I was, man, I was right in the middle of it. So, so what kind of, uh, other than wrestling, uh, Johnny, what kind of other stuff you're into? Like, uh, what kind of music you into and all that stuff? Well, um, I'm not really a big, uh, big on like music wise, not a real big fan of the stuff of today. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I got character. kids, so they kind of take over the radio and all that. And I couldn't even tell you these names, but, uh, yeah, you like turn that I shit still up. like the old eighties and that, that stuff's still on the radio. So I got a station here in Atlanta that plays, still plays Van Halen and, you know, Def Leppard and Poison, all those. There and, uh, Every time one of those songs come on, now I think it's my gimmick. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> but I really do. Yeah, I really do appreciate that kind of music still. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, but you know, a lot of that stuff's still enduring. Like Metallica's still cool, man. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, they started in the '80s, but they're still cool now. So the last album was um, pretty damn good from compared to the last several they did. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm still into the, all the old music, and then even some of the stuff from uh, even before my time like Fleetwood Mac and you know the Eagles and stuff like that that I didn't really like when I was a kid but I like it now right. you know I mean it's good classic stuff you know it's it's real it's not computerized and, right uh, you know everybody's got a distinct voice I mean like if you hear a Journey song you never hear anybody that sounds like Steve Perry you know what I mean it's just unless he's that little I, I like kid, the but... yeah where you hear a voice and you're like that's Elton John yeah. you know what I mean that's freaking I can't do that with any of today's it's uh, hard. Taylor now. Swift and they all sound the same. All yeah, these yeah. girls that sing. You well, know. you know why? Because they're all auto tuned, man. So it's like you—you you could be the worst yeah. singer. Like we could be talking yeah. right now, running through auto auto tune. It's going to be like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a crazy. Yeah. Like what the hell is that? You know, yeah. I mean, I'm a '90s kid, yeah, so, so I grew up yeah, with so my, uh, my my kids think I'm a nerd. You know, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I got kids like you line up and pay ten dollars to get in a ring with me, but you guys don't think I'm cool. That's okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> That's not what I'm after, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they think I'm weird because I don't like, you know. God, who's that kid, Bieber? And you know, it's oh, just like you break. <laughs> like, who really does? I, just, I don't. Where's the talent? That's what I want to know. Where's the talent? It just all looks made up to me and pushed. That's and exactly up and sold. It's that's yeah. dude. It is so. I'm you hit the fucking nail on the head on that. And like the music industry anymore, like makes me sick because it's. You know, there's no integrity anymore. It's it's all corporate, yeah. packaged, manufactured yeah. bullshit. And the guys who do yeah. have good musical talent that are original, some of them seep through the cracks, but not mm-hmm. very many anymore. You know, like I, right. I was, uh, right. was going to say a minute ago, I'm a kid of the 90s, dude. I yeah. I think there was really no better time for more original, diverse music, whether it was like, you know, hip-hop or rap or, you know, grunge, punk, metal. Yeah. There were so many different big name bands, and all of them yeah. were diverse. Like you look at Alice in right. Chains, you hear them, you know that's Lane Staley. You hear Nirvana, yeah. you know that's Kurt right. Cobain, Chris Cornell, yeah. um, Pearl Jam. You know, you hear Tool, you know yep. that's Maynard. You know, like even bands like yep. Primus that were like funky but heavy, like totally mm-hmm. original stuff. And man, there hasn't been a like a good decade like that in. In a while, and I'm making you know, you know who I'm a really big, big fan of. Who's that? 
and it, it's exciting because this person, a fan of mine, is Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan. Nice. Is a big, obviously a big wrestling fan, but mm-hmm. we met him. He came in ECW. He was going to yep. be a buyer. He wanted to buy the company, so that's how I got a chance to meet him. And he was such a big fan of ours, and it, it's really cool to meet someone you're a fan of and then find out they're a fan of yours. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. It's just that he was a big fan of all of us in ECW and I've gone to a couple of his shows over the years when he comes to Atlanta I just call Raven and say hey uh, you know Billy mind if we come and oh man VIP would come in the back and hang out with just a super cool guy but just to stay for the show is like this guy's a talent you know what I mean he's you can still work a crowd and people love him and uh big big pumpkins fan man um, oh yeah and then you know all the groups you're talking about yeah everybody's distinct everybody you know as soon as they, you hear them you know who it is and uh I don't think they have that with today's acts and Yeah, it's too manufactured. Yeah. The machines yeah. control us now. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it's uh it's the Terminator movie is gonna come to life. It yeah. really is. That nineteen eighty four machines are gonna yeah, the computers are gonna take over and they're gonna be the new form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, exterminate all of us, you know. Two things I want to touch on real quick since uh, you kind of sparked mm-hmm. my interest. Uh, talking about Billy, for one, have you watched NWA Power yet? I haven't watched it, but I've I've heard good stuff about it. I really have. Are they actually on TV or is it an online thing right now? No, it's uh, right now. I, I believe it's just YouTube, and I could be wrong about okay. that. I think it, you might be able to use it on the Fight app, but I mean, hell, it's on their YouTube channel. Uh, Tuesdays, get this, yeah. Johnny, at six oh five Eastern. I heard that, yeah. I, <laughs> I always that, tell yeah. my girl every Tuesday, I'll text her, I'll be at work, I'm like, 6.05 Eastern, 6.05, <laughs> like all throughout the whole day. She's like, I know, I know, Into the Fire. They got fucking docking doing, Into the Fire! <laughs> like, I was never a big docking no, I've guy, heard, man. I've heard nothing but good things about it, and uh, like I said, Billy is a super fan, and... Yeah. Uh, he, uh, the, I've seen some still pictures of it online, and it, it looks like the old TBS studios. And it looks great. It, it right. looks different. That's the thing. It's a. It's I haven't a, seen an AEW show yet, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. You know what I mean? But that thing definitely is is different that, than what we're putting out. What Vince is, you know what I mean? And that's the way to do it. You know? Yeah. There's something out there for everybody. You know, wrestling is like yeah. craft beer anymore. You know? You, yeah, it's a smorgasbord of wrestling going on right now. I hope it's not too much. Um, I hope we can get a good wave out of this. Everything looks and sounds good now. I, I, and I, I don't mean to keep hitting WWE, but they're the only ones that I got people coming up to me at independent shows, the fans coming up to my table being really negative about yeah. the WWE shows. Um, and it's like, geez, usually we need them to do good so that the rest of us are doing good. But it almost seems like it's the opposite now yeah. where everyone's complaining about how bad Vince's shows are mm-hmm. they're touting our show in uh, AEW and then NWA like you're talking about even uh, Ring of Honor and Major League Wrestling I'm like yeah, Whoa, this might, maybe this is the rise of the territories coming back to right? push Vince out I don't know but uh, it's probably wishful thinking but yeah. it's it, it's it's not positive coming out of that WWE camp uh, nothing I hear is positive no, it, and it's weird because they have all the talent and experience in the world, but it's just, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. it's kind of like, check this out real quick. So we were just talking about music, right, and how it's just like manufactured bullshit and yeah. whatever. It's yeah. kind of like a, akin to that. Like, what if there was a moment when actual real artists all like 
we're banded together and like, hey, you know, fuck this big corporate machine. We're going to take it down, you know. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like there's actually good original stuff because all you had for Mm -hmm. basically the last 20 years on a major wrestling scale was WWE. And it got, it just got too damn corporate, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I hate dogging them because we don't like to be like super negative and like, oh, fuck all that. But, uh, I mean, that's why you have all these other products. And we were just at the uh, MLW uh, Super Fight pay per view over the weekend. Uh, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Had a great time there. Um, you know, Impact. Uh, I got to meet you at the All Glory, or was it, no? Was it the pre? Yeah, it was. Was it All Glory? All Glory. They had too many Glory shows. Yeah, yeah. That, that was. I'm surprised there wasn't the Glory Hole one. Um, <laughs> Confusing. Yeah, I don't know. South Bend was called something too. I think like Prelude, Prelude to Glory. glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, where I met you at, and uh, awesome meeting you by the way, and like, and we were talking and uh, having a good time, and you know, Don Callis came up and. That was another super cool, uh, yeah. uh, moment, you know, like the Cyrus, the motherfucking virus. Like they, they've right, done, man. and like I said, he booked my first match in Winnipeg. That's how long I've known him. He was the booker in Winnipeg when Scott Demore called me. So see how far back I go with, yeah. Um, and in all the interviews I've done since going back to the company, it's like, well, all my friends are there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, like they're. You know, Tommy Dreamer. Oh. I just talked all about my experience with him. Don Callis, Scott Demore. These guys were all huge influences in my career from the first day. And now they're all together, working together. You know, whereas I had influence from them separately. Now I got them all together in the same company. It's just like, I couldn't make it any better. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, because your guy, you're still in phenomenal fucking shape, man. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, no it. problem, dude. I appreciate. You I love the gym, good. man. That's the good. I never go. Oh man, I gotta go to the gym tomorrow. Actually, yeah. I'm mad because I only got to go three days last week because I was traveling so much. Mm-hmm. So I train for my for my career, but if I can't train because I'm busy with my career, it kind of makes me mad a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because I know I'm going to be doing this, going to the gym long after my ring days are over. I want to be, Bruno went to the gym until he did a couple days where he died. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I see for myself. I tell these guys if you don't see me in the gym for a couple of weeks i'm probably dead you know <laughs> right i gotta go man it's my therapy it's my rehab it's yeah. my entertainment because people are funny in the gym they do stupid things so it's entertaining well give, give me um, an example i get all that for 20 bucks a month man you can't beat it <laughs> nice give me an example of some stupid shit you see in the gym um my favorite is the imaginary lat syndrome with the cell phone now. Like they, they they do a set and then they're standing there with their elbows and it looks like they're doing something on their phone and it's like it's just the stupidest looking thing, but it's kind of entertaining to watch, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and these kooky exercises they come up with now. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the thing that the girls do, and I, every girl does this exercise. They lay across the bench, like with you know, like their back across the bench, mm-hmm. and they put a barbell on their lap, and they go down and up and down and up, and it just looks like, you know, like they're practicing for, you know, <laughs> and it's actually every it's like the new woman exercises thing where they lay at the end of the bench and they're like doing these hip thrusts with this heavy barbell on their, and I'm like, okay, what does that work? Like, like works the. Uh, you know, um, just, just it's just funny looking to see. 
<laughs> I'll, do, I'll be able to do it. Yeah. And every kind of squat that there is. Yes. You know I mean, uh, you know, every angle, and just like, what are they coming up with this stuff? Yeah. You know? they gotta, it's almost like they got to have people, because I see these videos on Twitter and Instagram, all this everywhere, and some of these people are like, People like, like, don't, you know, make everything about sex or whatever. It's like, well, you're the one yeah. posting videos of your asshole squat <laughs> while you're squatting. You're like, come on, man. Yeah. You know, what do you Yeah, want? good old-fashioned barbell squats will work, you know. And yeah. Jesus, man, they're going side to side. They're doing the walk and lunge thing around the gym. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, just yeah, the dude, I, I always feel like I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are like me, but not getting paid for it. You know, you're trying to draw attention and get over with a crowd or something. It's like, oh my god. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, but uh, real quick, I want to touch too, um, because you're. It's so cool that you know everything has kind of come full circle with you, and I love what Impact's been doing. I've been a fan of, you know, since it was the TNA going back to like 2002, 2003, whenever it was yeah. the weekly pay-per-views. Um, and I've stuck with them through the thick and thin. And there are some <laughs> really thick parts. Yeah. Some really thin oh, parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've been saying for a couple of years now, uh, you know, since Don and Scott took over and Anthem and all that, I mean, they had to work out some kinks, but you guys are on the right path, man. It's the path to- I really think so. Yeah, Man, not just because so I'm great. there, but it, it really is. Yeah, they're uh, they're really paying attention to detail there, man. And uh, mm-hmm. it's not easy. That's not an easy job to keep track of 35, 40 people, man. Right. And have it all make sense. and Exactly. Um, what you just said makes yeah. sense. Um, it, I don't know if you uh, – well, I saw a tweet when uh, they announced – I think it was during Bound for Glory when Joey Ryan had signed – and here's a guy that blew off AEW, yeah. and he's got the dick gimmick, which I think it's, yeah. you know, it's funny, whatever. Some people don't like it. Some people <laughs> do teach their own. Uh, you know? I just got a quote Al Snow on this. You can do anything in wrestling. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, you yeah. know, you can't say, hey, you can't do that. Yeah. Didn't you can't... Mark Henry and May Young have an angle or a hand that she gave birth to a hand? I mean, you can do anything yeah. in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Exactly. Really and I'm sure he'll have a long yeah. career if he's just flipping people with his cup, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can't get hurt too bad. Right. I mean, but one of the geez, things you know? that <laughs> resonated with me, Johnny, in his tweet, and as it uh, pertains to you and, well, I should say Impact Wrestling as a whole, he's like, the reason it was the smartest decision for him to sign there, he said the reason is it made the most sense. Um, he's like, dude, they've had the most uh, continuity, like, um, with their storylines in the past couple mm-hmm. years, you know, like yeah. they they haven't abandoned anything, like you know, kind of old TNA shit where they used to just, you know, where the hell is this yeah. going? It would just, you know, like Vince Russo writing and yeah, like WWF or WWE. I'm sorry, I guess I'm a little old school on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do now a lot, where it's just like, where the hell is this? He's like, they have been the most consistent mm-hmm. the past two years. Why the hell not? Would I sign with these guys? They let me keep all my indie yeah. dates and yada yada yada. And dude, right. the crop of talent that they got, and they're letting him do his stuff. Yeah, I mean, they really are. He he brought that in, and uh, everything you see out there is him doing that. And even my stuff, uh, a guy will throw me a line, another guy will throw me a line. I'll mm-hmm. throw something in there, and boom, we make something out of it. It's not, 
100% produced and scripted out and, hey, it needs to go this way. And, oh, my God, that'd be funny if you said that. I mean, that's how we're coming up with this stuff. And it's Organic. it's really how ECW is booked. That's yep. the Dreamer influence. Um, Dreamer was the booker, the agent, the, the wrestler, everything all in one. So you got him with the more who's a strong booker and TV writer and Don Callis is a strong booker and TV writer. And you put all three of those guys together and then people you might not know about Jimmy Jacobs, yep. who is a writer uh, for Vince who's was good enough that Jericho wanted him writing all his stuff. For him. That just tells you how incredible he is. And then there's another guy named Robert Evans, who's uh, another writer with us that was with Vince for a while. And, He's just uh, doing great with me, with my stuff, and uh, has a lot of good ideas and lines, and he's a wrestling guy. He's not just a TV writer. Right. He understands the continuity of wrestling. And you know, and what I like about him is he'll, he'll come up and he'll, he'll kind of do the interview, like a promo, mm-hmm. like in the character. And uh, not a lot of, I don't remember a lot of guys in WWE doing that. They're just kind of like hand you a piece of paper and go, here, you know, and it's like, yeah. Well, you don't even get who I am or what I'm even doing here. No wonder it's not going to work. But uh, right. they got an unbelievable crew of, of talent and backstage people there. D.O. Brown's back there. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. These are talent relations. My gosh, he, he was in uh, WWF for all the big years. I mean, he's seen it all. So yep. He was also in the um, Aces and Eights. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot, lot of big brains there, man. Yeah. It, it, it's it, You know what, though? All the hard work and everything and it, the perfect team together, it's really showing. I mean, I've been super high on Impact yeah. for a while now. Like I said, since they took over, I, you know, mm-hmm. through the show, I've promoted you guys and just told everybody, do not sleep on them. They are coming back. You know, mm-hmm. I like to call it a uh, bringing back the glory it's uh man it's super exciting because in the way they do things now like acknowledging they do have a huge tape library they have a huge history you yeah. know as tna yeah. and the, acknowledging the great parts of that like bringing in shamrock and mm-hmm. like hey he's the first ever impact world champion like i don't yeah. know that's just the little things that they're doing right now that just it gets me so giddy like yeah fucking do that shit own that shit you yeah. know like Oh yeah, and bringing guys like you back and giving you a fresh, you know, gimmick and it, and it works mm-hmm. well. And and RVD, who I just, you know, he's went heel and he's cutting these promos on like everybody now, like guys from yeah. AEW. Even yeah. I was like, am I fucking sitting watching ECW from back in the day? Because I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> watching this shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, and it's very, great, very man. To let let go out, let guys go out there and run with it. Yeah. yeah, and and they're doing a lot of cutting edge stuff, and a lot of it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I like that it's and, more uh, adult. Stuff oriented. You can't do on Vince's network either, by the way. Exactly. You know I mean, some of the things I've said on there, I'm kind of surprised it's made air. <laughs> right. You know, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I couldn't be saying this on the USA Network. Right. No way. You know. You know they got calling women rats and riz ats, and they're like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Off that, TV. Yeah. That Ace Austin shit where they're backstage with uh Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Alicia and he's a huge talent too. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that was great. That was a fun segment with us. I love working with these guys. I'm a big fan of it. See, I didn't have a lot of uh, I wasn't familiar with a lot of them until I got there because mm-hmm. I wasn't watching, you know, I was doing my independence down here every week, but Man, we just got talent from top to bottom. Yeah, you, you guys know. got talent up. And everybody's us. doing something different. Like, look at Elgin. Look at yep. Ace Austin. Look at Moose. Look mm-hmm. at uh, OV. Everybody looks different. Everybody's doing a different thing, and it's all good. It looks the women. Yeah. I've never seen 
a women's division strongest that was on par women's with division the men. in wrestling today by they're, by they're on par with the men. That's why you're seeing intergender matches. Yeah. That, and that's uh, great. Jordan Grace knocked the fucking shit out of me at the pay per view. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, Hell yeah. yeah, dude. It's uh there there's no there's no dud on that roster. No. I, I consider this the uh new golden era of uh impact yeah. wrestling. And it's cool. Yeah, and uh, access is, is bigger than it was. Yeah. Uh, whatever they were on the pursuit before. I mean, so it's just uh, it's, it's it's climbing upwards, man. So I'm just uh, happy to be in the mix. Yeah, and, and like you just alluded to, um, real quick before we end here, um, Impact is on Access TV every Tuesday night. You guys can catch that at uh, I believe it starts at eight o'clock, or is it seven seven Central Time? The time zones are screwed up, but impactwrestling.com, you can figure it out. Um, Not only is Impact on there now, and they are actually, Anthem's like a co-parent or owner of Access TV, I believe with, uh, was it Steve Harvey and um, Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's impressive, too. Yeah, yeah, really, really impressive. Um, And they're going to continue to air WoW Superheroes and New Japan, like, so yep. in essence, I mean, they're, you know, and I know they use on their social media, there's a couple accounts they have where it's uh, access TV wrestling, where it's, it's talking about, you know, obviously impact and, you know, mm-hmm. they have new Japan and wow superheroes still like that's people, man, don't sleep on this shit, guys. <laughs> impact is yeah. fucking, oh man, you guys are knocking it out of the park. I love everything you guys do. I love the, uh, you know, I mean, if they didn't do shit like, uh, like the all glory event, you know, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet you and talk to you and uh, do this stuff. And right, uh, I hope we do more of those too. I think that was a success, and uh, they were pretty happy with that how that turned out. And I think that's going to be the the future of our pay reviews is doing those the night before. So, oh yeah, and really that was cool. good too. That was a good uh, good scenario. Uh, at least if if I was a booker with Impact or anything to set that up because the Midwest right now. I'm telling you, Johnny, it's a hotbed for pro wrestling. You, any uh-huh. big company, I don't care if it's AEW, you know, WWE, everybody comes here. You know, you guys just came back yeah. to the podium. You, you've been there. You know the old school, the yeah. history with that. Yeah. Um, but to do what they had set up where they had companies like Warrior Wrestling, who's, you know, we're buddies with them, and Black Label Pro mm-hmm. and Zello Pro, yeah. who have all this amazing talent, and then you have Impact. I was blown away by that. I, I watched all those matches, and I couldn't believe that. I was like, I just saw 40 guys that should have jobs. I mean, exactly. I didn't realize there was that much talent out there, and, and I'm just thinking, my gosh, I'm signed to one of these things. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable where, where we're at now. With, with the amount of guys that are out there and the stuff they can do is just unbelievable. Uh, the guy they signed, that Ace Romero, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the stuff he can do with that. People used to say, Adrian Adonis, this guy's bigger than Adrian. <laughs> yeah, he can do way more than Adrian. So yep. it's like, wow. Does that make him more <laughs> adorable? <laughs> <laughs> he can't get in Canada. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't in TV in Canada. I don't know why. Really? Something with the border. What's going on? Who knows, he... man, if you... You, you got to catch them just right there, or they won't let you across in Canada, man. They're strict, man. He's gonna have a yeah. jam nothing. Uh, you better have all the erasers on your pencils, or they won't let you in there. <laughs> you don't say, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Johnny, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Um, can you let the people out there listen know where they can find you at online? 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty basic. I'm still on the old man Facebook deal, as my kids say, uh, Johnny Swinger. Uh, also, my real name, which I hate saying that because I feel like I'm exposing something. But even though it's Tell all out Johnny. there, and um, on Instagram is Johnny underscore Swinger, and uh, you can see all everything I got coming up and going on, and uh, all the fun stuff. Nice. And let me reiterate that people can catch you on Impact Wrestling on Tuesdays on Access TV and hit up the Impact Wrestling YouTube channel and uh, Impact Plus app because you can go back and watch a lot of uh, you and uh, Simon's matches from TV. Yeah, you might see some stuff from the old Asylum there with the, the, when we were the tag team champions. Yep. And <laughs> we did some stuff with Dusty Rhodes that uh, was really awesome to get a chance to go back and see some of that. That was a, a dream, pardon the pun, to, to, <laughs> to do an angle with them on pay-per-view, man. It yeah. didn't get any better than that, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, Johnny, I wish you all the best of luck, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime, man. I hope you had a good time. Uh, I know I did talking to you, man. It's always great. It was I. It was absolutely my pleasure to meet you at All Glory and uh, get this set up, man. Same here, man. I had a blast, and, uh, yeah, let's definitely do it again sometime. For sure, brother. You have a good night, man. Cool, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. That was our interview with wrestling legend from TNA Impact Wrestling, which he's currently signed to. Um He's also been in WCW and ECW in the E. You know what I'm talking about. Johnny Swinger. Everybody check him out on Impact Wrestling on Tuesday nights on Access TV. And before we close real quick, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, um, for all the new subscribers, everybody who's interacted with us lately and seen us at shows. Thank you. We love you guys. Keep it up. Be sure to share with your friends and rate and review and subscribe and like and just interact anywhere you listen to podcasts and on social media instagram facebook twitter we're on all that stuff and it's really easy to just hit a like button and comment even if you don't like us comment why we suck you know do all that shit and until next time wet i'm up 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 motherfucker he's a swinging man johnny swinger You gonna do sex to me? 